Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen, and of course your friendly neighborhood radio talk show host, and that would be me, Greg Britton, with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, as well as the Unite, i.e. coalition of conservative and patriot groups, where our mission is to unite freedom-loving, America-loving Americans, and you magnify our strength and effectiveness in making and keeping America great, free and prosperous, And we see every day the need for people to step up and fulfill the obligations of their most important political office if we want to keep the aforementioned great, free and prosperous country. Um, Education has been a frequent subject on this show, as it should be. Children need a good education to prosper. The Republic needs informed citizens and America, like every nation, needs to transmit its history, culture, and principles to succeeding generations to survive. Parents used to be able to trust the government-run schools to perform these functions. You could send your kid off to school and, okay, you know, maybe you'll be, there might be a little altercation in the lunchroom. Maybe you'll, uh, you would have to stay after school for some disciplinary infraction, but your children were safe and you could trust what they were getting. However, these days, that is by no means so on each and every one of those counts. And there have been increasing numbers of parents and educators, former educators and teachers stepping up to fulfill their obligations, again, of the most important political office. And we're very pleased to be joined today by one of those, and that is Larry Sand. Now, Larry was a 28-year teacher, I presume, in the, uh, the government-run schools and has since then formed the Teacher Empowerment Network. And you can find that website at c10home.org, c10c-t-e-n-home.org, with good information for both parents and especially teachers who may want to escape the uh, corrupt, Marxist, overly expensive teacher unions. So with that introduction, uh, welcome to the show, Larry. Thank you, Greg. It's a pleasure to be here. And everything you just said uh, is verifiable, 100% factually true. Uh, we're not in good shape. But anyway, go ahead. Yes. And what led me to invite you on the show was I read an article, and you want to find Larry's um, very good articles, and among other places, americangreatness.com, americangreatness.com. So you wrote an article back on February 9, and Going back to a 1983 report of the about the education, the commission from the Commission on Excellence in Education, and the panel found, quote, the educational foundations of our society are presently being eroded by a rising tide of mediocrity that threatens our very future as a nation and a people. Quote, if a unfriendly foreign power had attempted to impose on America the mediocre educational performance that exists today, we might have viewed it as an act of war. The New York Times, that is the, that is the New York Times, bastion of liberalism and leftism, their education editor wrote about this report saying, it's 35 pages that shook U.S. educate, the U.S. education world becoming one of the most significant documents in the history of American public education. And until I read your article, I had completely and totally forgotten about this report, and that is 40 years ago, and things are only worse. 
yeah, this was 41 years ago, and you, you, one would have thought that we would have improved things, but we have not improved things, and in fact, things have gone further downhill in since, and this came out in April of 1983. It was almost now 41 years ago, and we are either clueless about it, or there is there are dark forces working to make sure that things don't get better. And things don't change. It's all across the board. This is not like one bad school, one bad school district, or a few bad teachers. This is a uh, a cancer, such as it is, uh, that that's permeating the entire country. Now, I I will say, I know there are going to be a lot of harumphing. Some kids are learning well. Some schools are wonderful. Some teachers are great. I'm just looking at the big picture, though. We have many issues to solve. Yes. And we better solve it soon because it's going to be a tipping point and it ain't going to be no turning back once that's hit. Maybe we'll have time to, to go down that, uh, to go down the rabbit hole. I think it is an act of war, but not necessarily by a foreign power, but by people and forces in our own country that want that result. But let's, before we go on to indoctrination and sexualization, let's take an example, let's hear a couple examples of Products of today's government-run schools. Let's start with um, number five, Dan. What is 15 times four? 15 times four. Oh, gosh. Guys. Yeah. What is 23. 23. 24. 48. 48. 48. 48. I say 48. I say 48. And those are for college students. Well, as you, as you perhaps know that uh, demanding the right answer is racist now. Oh, it is, yes. Not all over the country, but there's, getting the right answer is considered racist. I mm-hmm. kid you not. As, as, as certainly is. Um, but let's hear one more example. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if these are college or high school graduates, but they're certainly um, in the age where they could either be graduated from high school or in college. You know what the capital of New York is? Um, upstate. Yeah, seriously. What about the capital of the USA? No. What do you think it is? Um, Texas. Texas? Yeah. Yes. How many years are in one century? Twelve, right? Twelve? Twelve. Yes, very good. So how many is in one dozen? Twelve. Twelve, right? So a century and a dozen are the same? Yeah. 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 Yeah, what was I thinking? If you were born five years ago, how old would you be today? (laughs) I'm not telling you my age. Last question. <laughs> if you were born five years ago, how old would you be today? Fourteen. You think yes. I'm- I mean, on one sense, it's funny. Right? I mean, you were, we, were, we were laughing at this, but I mean, I'm, 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 I'm just laughing to hold back the tears. God. It's, it's deadly serious. Those those people are not going to prosper in this country unless maybe they have some, you know, maybe they'll be future teachers. Maybe they'll have a cushy government job where they get paid and they don't really, they don't have to produce anything of value. Um, yeah. 
but they're, but those they're going to vote, and uh, those people and Benjamin Franklin words they're they're not going to be able to keep the republic. That's right. Uh, you're right. Those and and once again, I mean, granted, not everybody is that shall we say dumb, but there are, are a lot of kids who just don't know what they should know, and they're going to become adults who don't know what they should know, and yes, they're going to be voting. And God help us at that point. And it's happening now. It's not really in the future. Yes. All of the, uh, the proficiency tests, uh, the 2022, the national report card, 29% of eighth graders are proficient in reading and 26% are proficient in math. Probably some overlap in, in, in those two categories. And we can go, we can keep going on. And uh, here in Redlands, where they were, they were patting each other on the back because 51% are proficient in reading and I think it was about 30% were proficient in math. Wow. And they, they were going, why? Well, yeah, but we're better than all the other government run schools in the area. Yeah. It's like, I, yeah, they want to celebrate that. I mean, good grief. Yeah, I mean, as you said, on the NAEP, which is the nation's report card, it's a very, uh, I, I used to be testing coordinator at my school, the last school I worked at, and they came in one day and very professional, and they, you know, I, I couldn't, I knew a lot about testing at the time, and they, and they did everything just right. So I really believe in, the, in their numbers, because, they, I mean, and, and nobody's ever said that, you know, NAEP is crooked, it's skewed, it's this, it's that. So when they say that, twenty a quarter of, American eighth graders are proficient in math. You know that's true. A quarter of eighth graders are proficient in math, which means, of course, that three quarters are not, which yes. is pathetic. And query whether whether those uh, standards are, are are as high as they were in in, uh, in times previously. Then you'll get things like uh, you know the declining. There was a series of polls done. Um, between 1998 and 2023, is this isn't totally schools, but they're a big part of it. Is patriotism important to you? 70% down to 38%. Religion, 62% down to 39%. Having children, 59% down to 30%. Uh, the only thing that went up was money. Show me the green. Up from 31% to uh, to 43%. Yeah, well, there's 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 no rigor. And uh, and there uh, it's the schools and, and they, they get a lot of information from social media. God help us once again. And too many parents don't do anything about it. I mean, there are many states now, more and more states, thank God, that have school choice where kids parents can take their kids out of a failing public school and put them in a private school and, and have some of the money, at least some of the money, if not all the money, follow the child. More parents are homeschooling. But that said, most parents don't have that uh, those options, or if they do, they're not availing themselves of it. And parents really need to step up. And to some extent, they have at least on you know the, on the basis of all well, the sexual craziness you've had. Have groups like Moms for Liberty and Parents Defending Education, who are real solid organizations who are working with parents to change things. But change is slow. You, you can't just vote out a whole school board on a Monday. You know, you got to work toward it and, and have elections and all that. So um, it, it's it's going to be a tough slog. It's going to be a tough slog. I mean, there are some encouraging parts, you know, as I've just delineated, but still too many parents just don't have a clue how bad things are. Right. They, John, little Johnny or little Susie is getting some A's and B's and that's, and the great inflation is a whole nother issue, but they're happy to have uh, the government babysit their children every day. 
Yeah, well, that's a, it's a good point you brought up, Greg. Uh, the uh, grade inflation is terrible. And when you, you look at grade inflation and compare them to the standardized test scores, uh, there are red flags all over because the standardized test score shows that kids aren't doing well, but they still get A's and B's. So, you know, and, and then, of course, the, the, the Solons who run our education system, what do they want to do? They don't want to bring up the, the, the bottom. They want to get rid of the standardized tests. Because that's equity, you see. Yes. I mean, there are many districts have eliminated their, their honors programs. Uh, let's take a pause here and hear from our sponsor, Ed Hoffman of United America Mortgage, place to go for your real estate lending needs. And when we come back, Larry and Greg are going to have a shot at a 1912 eighth grade exam. Let's see how well we do. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United America Mortgage and host of the main event right here on AM590 The Answer. Mortgage rates are up. But credit card rates are way higher, and credit card balances have hit an all-time high as inflation puts the squeeze on everyone's budget, not to mention how auto loan rates and payments have gone through the roof. Let me point out, it doesn't matter how low your existing mortgage interest rate is if you can't make the payments on everything else. Are you wondering what to do? Do you need some financial strategy? Want to talk to someone who thinks like you? Call me at 855-640-2020. We'll discuss a strategy that works for you today and also considers what happens when the interest rates drop as we move into the inevitable recession. To have that discussion, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, United American Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton, Residence Tea Party Patriots and Unite IE Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups. And by the way, the Unite IE Conservative Conference is coming up on April 7. A lot of great speakers at the, uh, at the Doubletree in Ontario. And you can get your tickets uh, by going to the station website, am590theanswer.com, and uh, click on the banner and follow up through to uh, purchase your tickets. Oh, uh, we were talking about education and the terrible state of it here in uh, in the United States and in, also in California. And I, I ran across recently a test. And this was a test, eighth grade, from 1912. And we'll just take a couple. We'll see how well Greg and Larry can do with this test. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> how many steps... Of two feet and four inches each, will a man take in walking two and a quarter miles? Uh, say that again. How many steps? How many steps of two feet four inches each will a man take in walking two and a quarter miles? At a dollar sixteen, dollar sixty-two and a half a cord. What will the cost of it? What is the cost of a pile of wood twenty-four feet long? Four feet wide and six feet and three inches high. Okay, so if, if math might not be our strongest suit, how about grammar? Diagram the sentence: "The Lord loveth a cheerful giver." Or perhaps, what properties have verbs? Okay, how about geography? Okay. 
Okay. Um, through what waters would a vessel have to pass going from England through the Suez Canal to Manila? Depends if they go east or west. Yes. Good question. Now, in 1912, I'm not sure the Panama Canal was open. Um, <laughs> no, na- name and give the state capitals of states touching the Ohio River. Oh, I couldn't. I couldn't do that. Ohio River. Okay. Maybe I don't know Harrisburg, Ohio River. Well, uh, All right. How about physiology? <laughs> oh, physiology. What do, what does the liver? How does the liver compare in size with other glands in the human body? Where is it located? What does it secrete? Okay. All right. How about how about civil government? Name five county officers and the principal duties of each. In any particular county? I just this is name five county officers and the principal duties of each. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll punt on that one to Greg. All right. How about this one? Name the last battle of the Civil War, the War of eighteen twelve. And the French and Indian War, and the commanders in each battle. <sighs> okay, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it either. But that's this was this was an eighth grade test in 1912. How far <laughs> are we fallen? Yeah, we 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 have a, a fallen. I, I I get the picture. <laughs> but but it was shown is that. Is that children are capable of doing high level work? I remember, I still remember when I, when I, back when I first joined Rotary in the 1990s, mm-hmm. one of our, one of the first meetings I went to was a speaker from the Peace Corps. And she had been uh, teaching in a one room school, no, no water, no AC, no electricity, source, no computers, really no, even no paper, but she was teaching in a one room schoolhouse on the south edge of the Sahara Desert. And by 12th grade, her students were doing calculus. Her students were doing what? Calculus. Oh, calculus, yeah. Okay. Uh, so children can learn. Sure. The, pro- the problem is in the, uh, is in the government-run schools. Yeah, but I have to ask you a question. But did, you, did those students in 1912 know that men can give birth? Did they know that? No, and they were, and they probably foolishly believed the old wives' tale that there were two genders. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yes, but that, but actually, that leads. We have about five minutes left here. That, well, I want to lead into this, and that is both the political indoctrination that's going on in the schools, as well as the. And this is amazing. How I mean, across the country, even in conservative areas, the blatant open sexualization of children. Was just outright. I mean, the stuff that is should be triple X adult only reading material is now being given and made available to even elementary school children. Yeah, I mean, if some guy, you know, sweaty guy in a trench coat was teaching these things in a park, you'd have him arrested. But somehow, if the schools do it, it's okay. I just don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, I I do get it because I think I understand the agenda. But what I, what I don't get is how many. If you had tried to do this in the schools 10 years ago, even the Democrat liberal teachers would have risen up in arms and said, absolutely, positively, no way. 
And now, I mean, there's a few examples of, of teachers uh, that have stood up and some school board members that have right. stood up against this and some parents. But for the most part, the, the entire educational establishment is just going along with it. Well, I've often said that education is a fad-filled field, and there's always new fads and learn, you know, learning theories and, and how to read, and, and they all come and go, and this too shall pass. But, of course, it, it'll take a lot of damaged people to do it, and you know, damaged children, rather, as a result of it, and then there'll be something else even crazier. I, I can't even figure out what it is, but they'll come up with something really whacked out. Yes. Uh, just a, a couple, um, I, I can't show you the pictures on radio and I wouldn't be allowed, even if I could on Salem, I wouldn't be able, I wouldn't be allowed to show the pictures if we did have, if we were showing the oh. video. You, but you can't, you can't do that. Let me give you, you have a, just, just a couple examples of this. There's a book called This Book is Gay and that's the, that's the, that's the title of it. And it's, it's commonly found in school libraries across the country. And on one page, there's a diagram of what appears to be a adult man naked with how-to instructions on how to have sex with him. Same book yeah. talks about how how sex apps work. Upload a pic of yeah. yourself to the app. The app works out your location. The app tells you who the nearest homosexuals are. You then chat with them, and because they're near, it's easy to meet up with them. Yeah, and you don't suppose adults are on these sex apps, do you? Yeah, well, I, here here in Los Angeles, the, the district hosts a, a Rainbow Club, which is a ten week district wide virtual club for LGBTQ plus elementary school students and their friends. And the poster specifies that it's for children in TK through fifth grade. TK or transitional kindergarten is for four year olds. They're teaching this garbage to four-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and the, the agenda is to tear down the country. The agenda is to tear down yeah, the family. So these people, so they don't grow up, get married, children, hold stable jobs, be, be members of the community and participate as, as citizens in the community. That's absolutely what every one of those things, they want the exact, the exact opposite. Uh, we got about two minutes left here and I want, Focused is, is, yeah, people are standing up. So if, if you're a teacher, if you, and if you're a parent, what would you recommend they do to protect the children they teach or they're, they're raising? Or, and as citizens, what would you recommend that we do to try to turn the situation around? Well, as I noted earlier, we, we, well, first of all, I'd love to get the government out of education completely. It has no business being there. And it's done nothing but damage since it, it came to be almost 200 years ago. That said, it ain't going anywhere. So then parents need to start to homeschool. You can, if you can't do it on your own, you can start what's called a, a micro school where there are a few parents pitch in. You may maybe even hire a teacher. It might cost you a little bit, but you'll save your child's life basically. And, and, and what, and just demand that, you know, legislators push for school choice where the money follows the child because you don't want your child going to the school down the street that teaches you all this nonsense. And the taxpayers need to step up and realize they're paying for all this. Even if you are a childless older person or younger person, you're paying, your tax dollars are going to teach this stuff. You need to rebel. 
and and contact your Congress people and and you know your state legislators, excuse me, and if so, run for legislator, you know, run for a seat yourself and and get the word out to people because so many people don't know the types of things we are talking about today. Yes, a lot of, a lot of parents I've, I've I've talked to and seen on video and to. Every one of them, every child, every parent that's done homeschooling is grateful for the experience, not only the education, but the yep. family time together. Uh, that is all the time we have for this week. And I, you, I know you have other things and other work to be doing. Thanks so much, for one, for being on the show. And two, uh, for everything you're doing for the cause of our country and our children and, and education. And we will definitely have you back because uh, this is this proper education system is essential to not only the children, but to survival of the country. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you very much. Thank you. And stay tuned for the exciting second half of Unite, IE Radio. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite, IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots and Unite, IE Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups, where our mission is to unite freedom-loving, America-loving Americans and magnify our strength and effectiveness in keeping America great, free, and prosperous. And uh, welcome to the show in this half is uh, Doug Hauser. Had him on before, and uh, he and his wife, Jan, exemplify that motto of our show. The most important political office is that of the private citizen. In our first half, we had on Larry Sand, 28-year teacher, uh, formed, he's now an education writer and is trying to alert people to what is going on in the, uh, the government-run schools. And he pointed out in a recent article, which is why I invited him on, that back in 1983, the, there was a uh, National Commission on Excellence in Education. They issued a report and talked about the rising tide of mediocrity that threatens our very future as a nation and a people. And the report also stated that, quote, if an unfriendly foreign power had attempted to impose on America the mediocre educational performance that exists today, we might have viewed it as an act of war. And I had totally forgotten about this report. Now it's now 40 years later, and the schools are worse in academics, and now they're, they're worse in indoctrinating children to hate our country. They're now indoctrinating people to hate people based on the color of their skin, CRT. And they're sexualizing children down to pre-K. And they're failing miserably, and they're failing miserably at their original task, which is to teach kids reading, arithmetic, science, history. Today, we'd be delighted with a school that was actually mediocre. We would. (laughs) But the point, the the point, and we didn't have time to explore it with, uh, with Larry Sand, is, in my view, it is what is going on in the government-run schools and a lot of other things is deliberate, it's intentional, and it is, an, it is an act of war, not so much by a foreign power, although I wouldn't be surprised if the, uh, if the, Chi- if, if the Chinese Communist Party was mixed up in this, but I can't, I can't say that categorically. But what's happening is, Tucker Carlson pointed out, they're trying to wreck the country. 
And when you look through that lens, and only when you look through that lens, everything the Democrat Party and its cronies, collaborators, and comrades are doing makes sense. So whether it's in education, the open borders, allowing fentanyl in to kill more than 100,000 Americans every year, and some other things we're just going to talk about, the Democrat Party and its cronies, collaborators, and comrades are using the Chinese Communist Party's term for its war on America, unrestricted warfare. And the Democrat Party et al., on every political, legal, cultural, educational, and economic front possible, and using every possible political, legal, cultural, educational, economic weapon against our country, our people, our families, our institutions, our history, and our principles. And you look at things like, mm-hmm. as the aforementioned, open border. You look at things like, there was just this recently this week, there's a school in Massachusetts where the discipline and the crime is so bad mm-hmm. that, they, that, 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 that the school committee is asking this governor to deploy the National Guard right. to the school. And sometimes you see these stories that are kind of exemplary of the trend and the over and the decline, engineered decline of the country. Antioch, California, it's up near, it's about 20 or 30 miles east of, uh, east of San Francisco and Oakland. And they closed this past week, they closed down the public library because of threats of crime, people having sex in the library and on library grounds. So in a, a nation and a state that cannot keep a library open is a nation and country and civilization that will not survive and does not deserve to survive. And right. it's all intentional. Okay. Your turn. Yeah, and these people, these people who can't keep a library open are the same ones who want to control health care for everybody. Let's remember that. These people, they've not only opened the border, they've encouraged crime in every way possible. They've released prisoners from jails. They've defunded the police. They've decriminalized, you know, a huge amount of uh, of activity, you know, that was formerly criminal, like stealing up to $1,000 worth of merchandise at a time. So I agree with you. Everything they do is designed to hurt the country more and more and more. And we're going to come to some of the things that we can that we can do about it. Another story that caught my attention this past week was that there was a survey done. It was a not, had to be anonymous of uh, 200 currently serving members of the military. And given the nature of the survey, it had to be anonymous. 82% of them agreed that the U.S. could not win a war against a near peer threat like China, Iran, North Korea, or Russia that the military is not trained or equipped to face such a foe. I mean, never mind China. They're saying we could, these members of the military are saying we couldn't defeat North Korea or Iran. And in the same survey, they asked them, who is the the greatest threat to U.S. freedoms? China's Xi Jinping. Iran's Ali Khamenei, North Korea's Kim Jong-un, Russia's Vladimir Putin, or America's Joe Biden. 
and 91.7% picked. I'll give you one guess, Doug. Yeah, I think I can guess who it is, and they're absolutely correct. Of course, it's Joe Biden. This goes back to the famous quote by Abraham Lincoln that no foreign power could ever defeat us if we stay together and stay true to our principles. Our destruction must come from within. And this is exactly what's happening. Mm-hmm. The uh, president of El Salvador would that we could amend the Constitution and uh, elect him, Naib Bukele, as our president, said that mm-hmm. the demise of the U.S. has has to come from within. The enemies have to be inside. No external enemies can cause so much damage as internal operations. Right. And there's, and there's a whole another aspect of this, of the, of the decline, of the engineered decline of the country. And that's just in incompetence. And just this past week, there, I, there was an article that a Boeing, and Boeing used to be an example of American excellence, that the wing was breaking up and pieces of it were falling off in flight and had to make an emergency landing. And also recently, there was a, uh, a, a door to a Boeing airliner just blew off in flight at 16,000 feet. Now, if, query, right. if they had been at 35,000 feet and people were moving around the cabin, probably what people would have been uh, sucked out to their deaths. Uh, fortunately, no one was uh, killed or injured in, in, in that incident. An airliner recently, uh, just as it was turning onto the runway, cleared for takeoff, one of the front wheels rolls off and goes rolling down the runway. Yep. Oh, the bolts! Gosh yes. darn it, I forgot to tighten the bolts on the wheel. My bad. Yeah. And or this not. stuff all comes, I believe this stuff is coming, as you said, deliberately. This whole, what we call DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, to the exclusion of meritocracy and actual you know, ability to do the job is leading to this. You could have a perfectly designed plane. It still needs constant maintenance, constant upkeep to be safe, to fly. You need pilots who know what they're doing. They're not chosen for their sexual orientation or they're chosen for their for their ethnicity or whatever other crazy reason they can come up with. Um, I, I do still do believe, however, that a return to meritocracy and individual responsibility could come about much faster than many people think because when people will their when their own survival and their family's own survival will actually depend upon it then they will work at being more competent and being more worthy of the meritocracy we we can't keep bailing everybody out paying off student loans for those who got degrees in you know gender studies right and now they can't get a job or you know, hiring people based on their immutable characteristics instead of their abilities. When you have no skills and you can't get a job and the welfare state won't support you, what are you going to do? You're either going to turn to crime and have to be locked up, or you're going to say, I got to get me some skills and you're going to get them. You're going to learn how to be a plumber or a carpenter or an electrician or something or even a dog walker. And you will earn your place in society as people used to do. It wasn't easier in the past to do that than it is now. It probably was harder 
in the past. Now you have so many more avenues for individual self-improvement and so many more opportunities are open to people than ever used to be. It's probably easier, but there is no incentive for people to do so if they know that at every turn they're going to get bailed out. So that has to end. And I think we would see the situation turn around much quicker than a lot of people suspect. I'm not sure I share your optimism on that. I think people have been ingrained in uh, partially in, in large measure in the government run schools that low of low standards. That's whatever you do. That's OK. That's good enough. And to, to then impose upon them a system of meritocracy. I think the whole trend is the other way, although the public is. Um, Quite the opposite. The public, there's large majorities that, that favor, for example, that, 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 uh, going into college, that race should not be a factor, even a majority right. of, of African Americans. But, I mean, we need to take a break, but I did read, I did read this, this week on the Babylon Bee, which is one of my favorite sources, uh, sources of news, that airlines are offering an upgrade that, uh, for an extra fee, uh, passengers can get a pilot in his fifties or sixties with graying hair. <laughs> mm, I wonder why they would be better than the current crop. Let's yes. see. What could be the reason? Yes. Um, this half of Unite IE, this, the, we're going we're to hear from Ed Hoffman again, uh, but this half of Unite IE is, uh, is also brought to us by attorney Gregory Britton, does business and real property law at 909-335-7335, 909-335-7335, as well as a new sponsor, uh, Kenny White and his process serving company, SecureServe, no E on the end of serve. And so that's the website there is SecureServe, no second E in serve, 44.com or 909-735-2275. And we appreciate Kenny's support of the show. And uh, I'll share from Ed, and then we'll come back and conclude our discussion with, uh, with Doug Hauser. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage and host of the main event right here on AM590, The Answer. Mortgage rates are up. But credit card rates are way higher, and credit card balances have hit an all-time high as inflation puts the squeeze on everyone's budget, not to mention how auto loan rates and payments have gone through the roof. Let me point out, it doesn't matter how low your existing mortgage interest rate is if you can't make the payments on everything else. Are you wondering what to do? Do you need some financial strategy? Want to talk to someone who thinks like you? Call me at 855-640-2020. We'll discuss a strategy that works for you today and also considers what happens when the interest rates drop as we move into the inevitable recession. To have that discussion, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, United American Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton, Residency Party Patriots and Unite IE Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups. Very pleased to have on this half of the show Doug Hauser. Uh, he and his wife, Jam, we're talking about some of the things that they're doing, uh, exemplify the model of this show, uh, that the most important political office is that of the private citizen. Before we jump into the upcoming, actually, we're already in the spring election season here in California. Uh, when, when our first half with Larry Sand, we both tried to take a eighth grade 
exam from 1912. So let's, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this, but let's, let's see, let's see how Doug Hauser, and he was very well educated, um, and he was a scientist that worked at, I believe, USC. So geography, Doug, name and, <laughs> name and give the capitals of the states touching the Ohio River. Whoa, the Ohio River. Okay, I would guess Columbus, Ohio. Um, Tennessee, uh, Memphis, Tennessee. Um, I don't think it's Memphis. Uh, I, I could be more, I could be wrong. Okay. Um, ooh, is Pennsylvania get there? It's pretty close. Indiana, Indianapolis, Indiana. Pretty close. Okay. All right. Well, how, how about, how, how, how about math? Find the okay. amount of $50 and 30 cents for three years, three months and three days at 8%. Whoa. <laughs> Wait a second. Where we're talking of $50 and 30 cents is for three in- years, three months and three days at 8%. Okay. That's three and a third at 8%. Oh my God. That's going to be, it's a logarithm. So the first year it's going to be. Okay. Oh my God. I need a calc. I, I okay. can do it, but I need a calculator. All right. All right. Well, one, la- one, la- one last try. Then remember, this is. An- I-, I could do it in pencil and paper if I had some time. Okay, this is this is and then this is an eighth grade test from 1912. Okay, last chance. History. Name the last battle of the Civil War, the War of 1812, and the French and Indian War, and the commanders in each battle. Okay, the okay. Let's take them one at a time. The last battle of the Civil War was Appomattox, wasn't it? No, that's where that's where Lee surrendered. There was, the a battle, surrender the was. The, uh, there was a battle in Texas um, some months after some months after that. Okay. Oh my yeah. God! It's trivial. Eighteen twelve was it the Battle of New Orleans? Yes. Okay, that's where they kicked. And what was the other one? And you didn't get the commanders. Um, and the French and Indian the commander was uh, was Andy Jackson. I don't know who the Civil War commander was in Texas. Okay, well, let's, let's, let's move on with the point. I, I think the point is that yeah. just to show how much of a decline there has been in the government run schools between 1912 and the present. I think most college graduates today couldn't would be able to answer few, if any, of the questions on this uh, eighth grade exam from 1912. So Correct. We, are in, we are in spring election season and I do want, we talk about, cause in California, they scatter ballots, mail it to everybody on the, um, Voter rolls that we that we know are inaccurate. Our engineer Dan uh, told us this morning he got two ballots, only two. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people get more than that. And yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Doug, you you and you and your wife Jan, you you found mail ballot mailed ballots just scattered along the street. Correct, correct. My son was out walking dogs for a neighbor, which uh, you know he does professionally. I guess he gets paid for it. And he called us up and said, Dad, there's a bunch of ballots on the sidewalk up here. We went up there and actually filmed them. They were not in a little pile as if maybe they had, the the mailman was jostled and they fell out of his pouch or something. No, no, they were spread out along the sidewalk as if someone had just been tossing them as they walked along. So we filmed it. We took pictures of them lying in place. We took films of us collecting them up and we took them to the registrar of voters. But th- this is just evidence. We just we we asked them, you know, sardonically, are you going to tell us that the elections are secure? 
when the ballots are spread out on the sidewalk, anybody could have come along like us and picked them up and filled them out and mailed them in. And how, how many more examples are there? Susan Shelley posted a picture from the mailbox in an apartment complex, and there was a stack of five or six ballots just sitting there on top of the, of the mailbox. Then they've been mailed to people who no longer live there, and the current mm-hmm. occupants of the apartment just put the ballot on top of the mailbox for anyone to get. Exactly. And in, Calif- yes. and in California... As you know, as you know Janice and I are running for county central committee. We just... Uh, went to the Registrar of Voters and asked for a list of all the registered voters in our district. And they're listed by address. The very first address on this list of 60,000 or whatever it is, 35,000 people, the very first address had five different people with different last names registered at that one address. Now, the odds are that somebody lived there and moved away. And somebody else lived there, and then they moved away, and somebody else. And now the person who lives there is going to receive five mail-in ballots for four people who are no longer living there. Yes. If they're unscrupulous, they could do anything with those ballots. We talked about the deliberate destruction of the country, and another aspect of it are the unsecure elections, because the republic will not survive without elections that are both honest and are widely believed to be honest. Correct. So Rasmussen did a poll are you know, asking people if, if you're worried that fraud will affect the outcome of the 2024 presidential election. And the number that that were that was not at all likely, in other words, that had a high degree of confidence in the election was about five percent. This is a disaster. It is. It, it is. It, it is an intentional disaster. I, I am making a point because I think one of the most important elections uh, on the in the March election is Proposition one. And this would uh, issue $6.38 billion in bonds. The money will go to the homeless industrial complex, supposedly to build 11,500 mental health beds, which are basically hotel room beds. And if you're doing your math, um, maybe even maybe even an eighth grader could do it, at least back in 1912. <laughs> that comes up to uh, $554,782 per bed for Friends of Caesar. In addition, that's not that, that's not all. Residents in these new mental health hotels do not have to give up drugs or accept mental health services. So, mentally ill, mentally ill drug users can continue living as mentally ill drug users at taxpayer expense. And who out there can honestly raise your hand and say that giving the government more money will improve the mental health? Of anyone, anyway, and and let me let me add to that. We just recently, uh, Janice and I just went to a uh, a meeting held by Superintendent Baca, and of course he talked about how the county is spending money on this project and that project, and one of the projects was buildings to house the homeless, and in his words, they will make available to them drug and alcohol counseling. So I asked, "You're going to make it available to them? How about making it mandatory?" Otherwise, you're going to have a whole bunch of people that move into your uh, your building and they're going to say, no, I don't want drug and alcohol counseling. And they're going to continue to do drugs and alcohol. What are we going to do about those? And he said, we would like to do that. But the state of California prevents us from doing so. Mm-hmm. So this is a problem that starts at the very top. Pretty much everybody in the room, there was a little gasp. People went, huh. as if everybody there, normal people 
expect that if people are going to be moving into a place at taxpayer expense, they should be required to undergo counseling and treatment for the problem that got them there in the first place. That's a normal person's reaction. But yes. the powers that be in Sacramento think the opposite. This is what it's we're facing. It's deliberate. It's intentional. Uh, vote for Donald Trump. Let's get him a good send off. I think he is going to get the nomination. But the larger the margin, the little more uh, win, win in his sails, win in his back. So vote for Donald Trump. You mentioned running for central committee. And we have a team of people that, who will take back the San Marino County Republican Party uh, from the rhinos that now run it and make it and make it and keep it useless. And you can find that list at takebacksbgop.net, takebacksbgop.net. And the last thing is, uh, is uh, we're both in the Brothers Tea Party Patriots. We couldn't agree on, in our, in our cabinet, who to recommend for senator. The only, he's pretty rhino-ish, uh, not the sharpest tool, but then neither are the Democrats. Uh, Steve Garvey is the only Republican, in my judgment, that has a chance of making it to second round. And I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end up voting for him, although there, there's other Republicans that if I could have them in the Senate, I would prefer them over Garvey. But elections are always about choices, and it's important to choose wisely. So I got, agree with you. I agree with you 100 percent on that. All right. You got uh, five seconds left, Doug. Take it away. Okay. It's important for everybody to vote. If everybody can get one other person to vote, to help them, help them to vote, we could turn this state around. We can do this in a short period of time. Tucker Carlson famously said, things change slowly, then all at once. And we could take back this state. People are hungry for an alternative. They don't like what they're seeing from the Democrats. We got to get out there with our message and convince people and bring them over to our side. And we can win. We didn't get to all the good work that you and your wife are doing, but so thank you for all that. Thank you for being on the show. And as always, when you give a Doug five seconds, it'll take a minute. I'm turning now <laughs> on another exciting edition of Unite, i.e. radio. <laughs> I just couldn't say it all fast enough. Yes. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> AM 590, the answer.